Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Fantasy Jocks. Looking to upgrade your league trophy? Check out FantasyJocks.com for championship belts, rings, trophies, and more. Sports Fix listeners don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets, and contests, and trivia, and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, Fix on Facebook and Twitter today. today. I'm Tyler Zeller, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. Welcome in, everybody. We're live on the air, rocking and rolling, Tuesday edition of the Sports Fix here, Veterans Day edition, and uh, a lot going on here. First off, welcome in, each and every one of you guys, to the Sports Fix. J-Rock, Jerry Myers, welcoming you in, kicking things off here. Another loaded slate. We've got a lot. I'll get into the slate of things here today, but as I said, a live. We are live on the air. Live loaded edition. Veterans Day edition of the Sports Fix. So right off the top, shout out to all of you veterans out there. Past, present, and future. Helping defend our country because that's what today's all about, you guys. And uh, matter of fact, I got some individual shout outs I'll give out throughout the show. Mention that right off the bat. I put it out there on the social media. If anybody out there uh, is a vet. Would love to hear your name shouted out on the air. I'd love to be the guy to do it. So hit us up. You'll hear me give out the various ways to do it. Oh, I'm thinking I'll say it once or twice during the show today. Uh, hit me up and I'll gladly add you to the list of uh, shout outs throughout the show. Happy Veterans Day. Let's rock and roll with the sports fix. We're going to talk Cavs. Cavs with a, you know what? 
I'll get into it in detail here in a minute, but I, I like, I talked about the things yesterday heading into the game about the trip. You can see the lessons being learned. You can see it. And uh, and I've been as big of a Kyrie Irving critic as anybody else, but I got some interesting thoughts on him too. Cavaliers come back home in a big way last night. Good victory over a good team last night. Although, uh, I'll tell you what, Anthony Davis didn't have much, much support at all. We'll talk about that game here coming up in the opening segment. We'll talk some Monday night football as well. I got to tell you. I think not that you needed not that you needed this to prove it, but uh, we all know the Jets are pretty dysfunctional. I think the problem may have been the Jets and not so much Mark Sanchez. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe a combination of them. But uh, boy, Mark Sanchez sure looked like a franchise level quarterback last night. Although I do wonder if anybody can be plugged into that offense and look like that. But uh, we'll talk about a little Monday Night Football here, and we'll talk about it on the back end as well. Dr. Football, Bill Check is going to join us as he does every Tuesday here on the Sports Fix, and we'll talk some Monday Night Football. Browns and Bengals. Browns in first place here in this junction point of the season. We'll look at some of the bigger surprises and disappointments of the first half of the game. So much of that coming up with Dr. Football as we look around the entire slate of the NFL. What else we got? Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com. Jeff's going to be with us just about 10, 15 minutes from now, second segment of the show. We'll talk a little bit about the Indians here. He's got some free agency thoughts as we start. Hey, not just our focus, their focus has shifted. I said it yesterday. I don't just expect the Indians to... Uh, work on some things this winter. I expect the Indians to start doing some things relatively early. I think they start making some hay here uh, before Thanksgiving, whether it's in the trade front, some free agency, and I don't know about spending money. We'll talk about that. But uh, anyways, we're going to get into all of that here, you guys, so much more uh, as we roll on. We got a lot to get into. Jeff Gorman, Dr. Football, CSU starts playing some hoops last night. All of that and more right here on the Sports Fix. Welcome in, you guys. J-Rock with you across the Sports Fix radio network here. That means maybe you're listening to us live on TuneIn and TuneIn's radio app worldwide on Spreaker and Mixler and their respective applications. And, of course, if you're listening, don't forget, on Mixler, you can jump in the Mixler chat room over there, M-I-X-L-R.com. Uh, even if you listen on another site, it's a cool ancillary way to be a part of the com- yeah you like that word there conversation piece there over on mixler.com and many of you listening to us live right on the sportsfix.net the home base for all things sports fix the mothership as i like to call it here on the sports fix radio network welcome in as well all of you listening thousands around the world 24-7 each day on digital delay on iHeartRadio, the world's largest internet radio provider, over on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, all the podcast places, the different sites that you listen to us live and on delay. Thank you guys so much for being here each and every day. Hopefully that is. And if you're not, welcome in for the very first time here live at noon. We do this Monday through Friday and we don't do it. Just to hear the sound of my voice, we prefer that yours is a part of it as well. So do that. Speaking of, as I'm about to give out the phone number, throwback to yesterday's show real quick, I was exactly right about what had happened with the phone line. So my apologies for any of you that tried to call in. I wondered why there weren't uh, there weren't anything over the weekend, just any missed calls. Because over the weekend, as people listen, even though we're not on the air, we tend to get a lot of calls throughout the, the weekend. 
and then I'll see it all on the caller ID on Monday. And I knew, I, I but it didn't, yeah, I didn't even put two and two together. And I'm glad you guys figured out yesterday, people started telling me the phones were busy as they're trying to call. And I'm like, no, they're not, because I made an outgoing call on this thing this morning. So I know the phones are working. Anyways, I was right when I deduced yesterday on the air what had happened. All I did uh, a week ago, I had switched my payment method because I changed my plan so that I could, at the time, I had a certain uh, number of features that were whatever. I wanted to add more to what I could do so that I could hopefully open up some more phone lines and stuff. So I changed a couple of settings. On my end, I did everything right. What they ended up doing was, I guess, I don't know, long story short, I still had our hotline, but it was now a different number. <laughs> so that's why I could call out. But when you guys call it anyways, it's fixed. Everything works. 216-539-7535 is the number to call and it rings and it gets through and everything. I tested it myself. 216-539-7535. Hit us up if you want to give us a call. If you can't or if you perhaps find the phone lines busy again, which they shouldn't be. Let me know if they are. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE email us the sports fix at AOL.com and we will uh we will love to hear from you and read those comments on the air. And as I said, use those as well. Facebook, Twitter, email, Facebook.com slash the sports fix, Twitter at the sports fix CLE, email us the sports fix at AOL.com. If you're a vet, let me know. I'll shout you out. A couple of Charles Morgan, Sergeant Charles Morgan in the Army. Charles Easley Jr., Vietnam vet. He's at home actually injured in a fall at home. And and his uh his family thought it would be cool for him to hear us shout him out on the air. So shout out to you, Charles Easley, and Edward Payton of the Marine Corps, all of you guys. I got a few more. I'll give them to you later on in the show. Happy Veterans Day to you guys. Let's roll on. Again, 216-539-7535, Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Tweet with us at The Sports Fix CLE. First thing, let's start with a little Cavaliers hoops last night. My son, as you know, yesterday was his birthday. He went and uh, enjoyed him some Cavaliers. Cavaliers hooping festivities last night, and uh, it's funny. I didn't go with him. He he went, and uh, I told you guys, I mean, I can go whenever. I can go whenever. So there was no way that I was, I said, no, you pick one of your friends, and you go enjoy it. You, we can do our thing anytime. So he went and did his thing last night. He comes, he's like, Dad, I got to tell you, man. He was just told because he's been he's been there with me, you know, the last few seasons. It's like, man, it's different. I said, of course it is. First off, it's sold out, you know. And uh, he goes, man, he goes, not like sold out, but they're not all there. Sold out, and everybody is there. I said, of course. I was I was watching the game too. He said, yeah, but uh, the presentation. He goes, dad the video screen in person it's just funny hearing the firsthand reaction he goes oh it's so big it looks so good but anyways and and then the basketball as well man he goes man he goes that was fun all the way around he just had a hell of a time last night but if you watched the Cavs game I'll use that to set up talking about the game it was fun the the way they played and not just because they won the game the way they played basketball last night was fun particularly in the second half because it bogged down a bit there they were trailing a bit heading into the half but man i gotta tell you we we were talking yesterday you guys about the trip and how i thought each game on that three game trip you saw improvement from game to game in certain things and really with you know the new the, the neutering of Kyrie Irving is what i call it behind the scenes the attempts to to meld his game in with lebron and, and you've got some you know 
some obviously some issues that were way overblown, by the way. And I got let me stop before we're talking about the game. I just remembered somewhere that I wanted to go while we're talking about overblown things in the media. That was one of them right there is that whole thing. You know, uh, apparently there's lines in the sand and Kyrie and his troops are on one side of the locker. Get out of here with that noise. We heard about the Dion waiters mess from over the weekend and all the mixed up stories about that. I'm going to tell you right now, I've had a few of you hit me up over the last, you know, 24 hours about this Kevin Love story. There it is, Bruce. Get out of here with that gaga. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a stitch, stitch of story there. Not one. Yesterday, my blood boiled so fast because I saw... If you go on Facebook, you look on the side, they've got the trending stories. And I saw Kevin Love going, Kevin Love to leave Cavs. I said, what in the world is this? So I click on it and it, it, it basically congregates all the stories that are being shared on Facebook. I rolled through all of these quote unquote websites or Facebook pages, which is ridiculous, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that every Facebook page doesn't know what they're talking about. I know my man Bruce has a good one with the morning, but man... Be careful. Be careful getting your news off of the Facebook. I'm just telling you right now, man, um, because these cat. I mean, I saw Facebook pages with names like NBA News, NBA News dot com, uh, uh, NBA headlines, because they can, you, you got to realize that on Facebook, you hell on the Internet, you can name something anything you want you know as long as the name's available i can go make a website right now called true and guess what it's the true nba headlines because that's what i called it right anyways my point being there were 10 different variations of this story they all used the same source as the link story that came from an la uh, uh newspaper was the one that i saw not newspaper excuse me indie uh it was not a newspaper it was an inter- in inter- independent internet site and uh and that was where it originally came from and then sam smith has a quote involved in it which somehow gives this thing some some credibility which there isn't there isn't any with the headline by these quote unquote news sources that ranged from love to look at his options to love tells Cavs he will opt out at end of season. Do you know how many hundreds, if not thousands of people? I mean, I know how this works. I get it all the time. People hit me up with the craziest stories and go, man, is it true the Cavs just traded Kyrie Irving? And I'll be like, where'd you hear that? I saw it on Facebook. Because, you know, some people just read the headline or they whatever. Or, or there are some places that go out of their way to make things really hard to tell what's news and what's fake and what's real. People do a good job with some of those phony stories, phony articles, phony actual websites and everything. But 10 different breakdowns of this thing. And like I said, some of them, this is not me exaggerating, the exact words that they put in their headline. NBA News, that was the name of this one site, headline, Kevin Love tells Cavs he's going to opt out of his contract, wants to go to L.A. Listen, Kevin Love played college in the, on the West Coast. Thank you. That's the only part of this story that people took as fact and they created a story out of it. For years, the story has been he wanted to go play out in L.A. I'm just curious. He still hasn't made his way to L.A. yet. I'm pretty sure he just had the opportunity to force himself a trade anywhere he wanted to go in the NBA. And he didn't exactly push that hard to go play with Kobe and the... the, the 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm telling you what's going to be the modern version of the Harlem Globetrotters. They're just going to travel around, see Kobe play, watch him win 22, 23 games this year. Uh, ridiculous what they got over there, you know, because they're they're waiting for salary cap room for next year. But this, Lord knows we know about that, by the way, but uh, this story is nothing to it. There's not a, a an inch, a shred of anything to it. There's one quote from one guy who says, well, of course, everyone knows that Love's always wanted to play on the West Coast. Well, I can tell you that now. So somebody go run off and create a story that says, well, on today's edition of the Sports Fix, J-Rock said everybody knows that Kevin Love wants to go play on the West Coast. So that means he's already told the Cavs he's got one foot out the door and they should probably trade him by next Tuesday so that they can get something for him. Make sure you get all of that out of the fact that I said, well, everybody knows Kevin Love would enjoy playing on the West Coast. He's not going anywhere. He wouldn't have wasted his time coming here to Cleveland for one year. Now, I understand that I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. You guys know my issues. has nothing to do with him on the basketball court. Let's just say, though, he is a star player in the NBA with a lot of star player status. Do you really think that Kevin Love... I'm just saying, people do respect each other, uh, professionals on that level. Do you really think he went through all of that to come here to hang out for six months so that he can go? And do you really think that he did all of that and got here and six weeks later decided, this isn't working for me, we've played four whole games, this isn't working? Get out of here. He sat in Minnesota for how long? And after four games with Kyrie and LeBron, he decided he wants to leave. If you believe that, brother, please come and buy some of this swampland because my kids need a good Christmas. And I have got literally miles of this swampland to sell you. And you would really be doing me a favor if you helped take it off my hands. Dude, I could not believe it. And I feel bad when I say this. I'm not saying this looking down my nose because I say this a lot. I feel bad for the fans, for guys like you guys out there and girls out there listening because you don't know. And then you say, well, what do you mean? I don't know. It's not being said disrespectfully. People do these things in a great way, and they, they're they very good at what they do. And then plus, people are quick at reading headlines, like I said, and just taking the headline and then, oh, man, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? And, of course, nobody heard nothing. But, man, that Kevin Love story set me off yesterday because I couldn't believe it. It was everywhere. And then I start getting messages. Oh, man, J-Rock, see, I told you they shouldn't have traded for Kevin Love. He's already told the Cavs he's leaving. I said, Where? Where? Because he hasn't told anybody anything. I called. I asked specifically. It, nothing. This, there's nothing to this at all. Please, guys. If you want to think that there's a possibility that this season could go wrong and Kevin Love could leave at the end of it, yeah. 
Well, that's a possibility. This season would have to go horrendously wrong. The Cavaliers would have to be the biggest failed experiment in history. And getting back to the game last night, I think you guys are seeing that maybe they don't win a championship or not, I don't know, but this experiment is not going to fail. Not at all, brother. You're nuts, Bruce Wood, because this experiment is not going to fail. Uh, that To me, that's just a, a comment that somebody who particularly hates on the city of Cleveland would say, get out of here with that. Uh, the Cavaliers, to me, have already shown in just the short sample size at the beginning of the season that they're beginning to adapt to each other. And Kyrie Irving particularly, and I know this is going to sting some of you, that hang out with me in the I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan department. Man, the last two games, if he continues, if Kyrie Irving, can, and this is just two games, if he continues to play the game that he's played the last couple of days, this Kyrie Irving could be incredibly, incredibly effective. Incredibly effective. because oh, And I hear you, Bruce. I hear you. I'll get back to that. But because, not just the passing, but... Look at, okay, we know he can drive to the hoop, right? We know that he can, man, one-on-one, he's showing that he's gotten even better this past summer at his dribbling skills. I mean, he's breaking guys' ankles and getting to the hoop. But did you notice yesterday, and maybe he's noticing too, that instead of having to do that whirling dervish 99-mile-an-hour drive every play, man, now when it's there, you take it. And when it's not, you don't have to, and you can go stronger. Did you see on some of those drives in the second half, how he was he was just so fast. Fleet of foot, man. He was beating guys down the court. I mean, fast players, and he was beating them down the court Those and, and finishing. His ability to finish and maneuver around, I'm telling you, I think the Cavs are just now beginning to get an idea for how to make their pieces mesh together. And I think... Kyrie Irving is a good example of that. Look, there's still going to be bad games. There's still going to be arguments and problems. But I know people want to keep looking back at the heat and how they went together. If you're using Miami as a benchmark for Cleveland, here's something for you to benchmark. It took Wade, Bosch, and James seven games before all three of them scored 20 or more points in the same game. Cavs did it in six, about the same amount of time, uh, the first six or seven games there to start to get used to each other. And even then, they're still going to, once you get used to each other, then there's the next level of still making some mistakes, but better. But I think you guys are beginning to see, and I saw some of it offensively, especially what this team really can do when it gets itself going. Of course, the headline is going to tell you that LeBron had his first triple-double since he came back to Cleveland. You know what? I always say this about the triple. You know Kyrie had the only triple-double in Cavs the whole time that, that LeBron was gone? The whole four years, Cavs had one triple-double, and it was Kyrie Irving, and I believe it was uh, March of last season. It was it was in the second half of last season, all that time. So uh, LeBron gets his first triple-double since his return back to Cleveland. That's going to be what the headline will tell you. But uh, like I'm talking about Kyrie Irving, start with him. Bruce, excellent point in the chat room. That was where I was going to go. Last night, one turnover for Kyrie Irving. He's got four turnovers here in this stretch to start the season. I mean, that's your point guard. That's who's handling your ball. That's what you want. And that is a big improvement in his game. I told you guys over the summer, I watched a little bit of the FIBA stuff, and I know that that's not the same as the NBA. You know what I'm saying? But you could see some growth in his game. But 
I think still, it, look, it's a work in progress defensively, all of that. Although I've, I like the way I saw him at times playing defense last night, too. Although what kind of defense can you play on Ryan Anderson? Hats off to him. At, he shot that one, that one three-pointer. He's well defended, and he's like 30 feet from the basket. He's practically to the half-court line, and he just makes a jump shot like it's nothing, man. I mean, that's a big guy, and to be able to shoot like that, he was 8 of 12. I'll tell you what, I don't know what New Orleans would have done without him. Ryan Anderson was 8 of 12 from 3 last night, had 32 points. That was really the only help that Anthony Davis had. Davis was tough again last night, too, 27 and 14. But Tyreek Evans, 2 of 14. Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon combined to go 9 of like 24 or something like that. That's not going to get it done, uh, even with a couple of big performances like that. But uh, in many places, I'm liking the improvements in the Cavs' defense. Again, you wouldn't think that looking at 111 points, and, and that's absolutely true. I mean, they let them three, practically three 30-point quarters. You had a couple of 28s in the first half and a 32 in the fourth there uh, for the Cavs. But, you know, uh, still, the, the team defense, the rotation, still all of that. You got a whole season for those things to grow together. But I got if you guys watched last night's game, you saw a lot of these things beginning to piece together. And, and I'll tell you what, Cavs unable to go very deep. Obviously, he didn't have Deion Waiters, who shook up with the back injury. And this is cool that they got some time to rest up this week so that maybe they can get to, get a little health there. But, I mean, you're shallow on the bench. You got, you know, nothing yet. Garbage time. The, the, the box score will tell you the 10 guys played last night. But Kirk and Cherry were out there at the uh, at the very, very end of it. So you can't even count those guys. I mean, you were eight deep last night. Joe Harris got his first real meaningful, you know, minutes out there, 20 minutes or so. Tristan, Mike Miller, again, you had 20 minutes out of Mike Miller. He hit his one three-pointer. Offensively, not a lot going there, but just not a lot off the bench there. So you had to get 41 out of Kyrie, 40 out of LeBron. And I don't have a problem with that, by the way. I'm telling you guys, my cutoff is not... 39, 40, 41 minutes for these guys. I mean, obviously, you'd prefer not to do it every single night, but if you do, you do. I mean, people talk like LeBron's, you know, Nate Thurmond. You know, like he's coming out of the, you know, he's Willis Reed coming out of the locker room in, in, the, in the NBA Finals or something like that, man. He's 30 years old. I know he's got some miles on him, but he's 30 years old, and those miles have been well-maintained. Think about how well you maintain your car taking it to the 10-minute oil change. He's been taken to the gold-laced oil change. He's been given the best of the best oil changes. So he's getting a lot of miles on his car. I'm just saying, I laugh sometimes when people talk like, you know, we're maintaining a, you know, 1904. You know, we're maintaining the Model T here or something for the museum. And uh, I said, no, nah, man, that's just a 10-year-old Lamborghini right there. If that thing still can't run, then you mistreated it. And I'm pretty sure uh, that the one thing LeBron James didn't do is mistreat his body it's his it's his athletic tool so I always laugh at that yeah you want to maintain but that's fine if those three got to give you them minutes that's fine uh especially for now as you're getting things together and when you miss a guy like Dion and and I think Dion's going to add coming off the bench. I told you guys that yesterday. Uh, I like I like it, and I like that he's a, not just adapting to it, but feeling ownership for the idea. Guys, that's one of the things, by the way, that a good coach can always do. Uh, and they used to say this about Phil Jackson. A good coach can always make you feel, or just a good leader, 
can always make you feel like his idea was your idea. It sounds crazy, but that's that's the rough and short of it. Is that they can make you feel like the idea that they just gave to dealing with egos and stuff. And if you can, if you can get, that's how they buy in. Because all of a sudden, they don't feel like you're telling them what to do. They feel like you're doing their idea to begin with. And and I think that's right along the lines of what they've done convincing Dion Waiters what many of us have felt, which is yeah, he's you're of course you're good enough to start because Dion gets defensive about that. He. He, you know, well, I'm good. Of course, you're good enough to start in the NBA, but you're just even more effective and better at coming off the bench because you're gonna your skill set is is so much more effective to that and being able to being able to come off with instant offense and even more than that, the defense as well. That's big stuff, man. And getting him to buy into it is the key because you're not gonna do it anywhere near as well. If you're sulking about it, I, and I remember, just remember what I said yesterday, man. This team's going to come together one way or another, and uh, people are going to be a part of it or they're not. You're either going to figure it out, and the pieces that fit together will stay together, and the ones that don't won't. I mean, that's just that's the reality of it. There, the ones that won't won't. But I think if you guys were worried at all, and I know some people get that way because you know they click on their radio dial and they hear bad things from bad people who shouldn't be allowed to talk on the radio or or you hear gloom and doom or sports center opens up every 15 minute segment with well the big threes one and three in cleveland and things are falling apart you know what i mean like that's no it's not true but so i understand why you may have been panicked don't be relax again i'm not sitting here telling you well they're gonna it's in the bag they're gonna win a title because they're, they're that's that's no guarantee for anybody, but they're going to be a damn good team, and you're going to have a lot of fun watching them, as you saw there last night, because when they get rolling, they get rolling. That run at the end of the third quarter, that is a snapshot of what that Cavaliers team can do. That run at the end of the third quarter there was at 16-1, to I believe, or something like that, and they finished it with the turnover and LeBron with the dunk down the other end. Great stuff. Fantastic stuff. And you're really starting to see, too, a little bit of, you know, don't forget, you know, for all the talk, people's, oh, LeBron and King James, he's a great passer. And uh, you can see he's beginning to know where guys are on the floor. He's beginning to know where Kyrie is, beginning to know where Kevin Love is, being able to make some of those no-look pocket passes, different things like that. And I've seen guys. Sean Marion's still not used to playing with LeBron. There's been a couple pocket passes to him that he's fumbled. Uh, even Anderson's got to get used to him again. But uh, you can see already in six games, LeBron and, and the other guys all beginning to learn each other on the floor. It's going to be fun. We knew it would, but now everybody can take a deep breath because you see. Cleveland, you got to see sometimes with your own eyes because you've been told, and I get that. You've been told it's going to get better for a long time. Guys, relax. Not only get better, a lot better. This thing has just begun. Last night was a good good snapshot of it. Still got a lot of work to do, though, for the Cavaliers. We'll talk some more about them tomorrow. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland will be with us, and we'll catch up with him and get his thoughts as well, see if he's at the same place I am, or maybe he's seeing things differently. All right, guys, let's take a break. You know what? That wasn't the only hoops game last night. either. Well, I'll talk about it a little later on the show. CSU Vikes, They it's an exhibition, but they got their season rolling. We'll talk about it later on, but coming up next... Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com is going to join us. I know uh, last year at this time, the AL Manager of the Year. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a little more importance here in Cleveland. Does Ned Yost win it tonight? Corey Kluber tomorrow? Can he win the Cy Young? And Jeff put together his list of realistic free agent targets for the Indians that he thinks they should be talking to as we speak. So let's talk a little tribe, guys. I know, strange but true. We're going to talk a little Indians baseball. Dr. Football Bill Check is still to join us. We're going to talk about a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. And by the way, as you hear some let's go Cavs in the background, thought this was pretty cool. I saw this this morning. Vince McKee, our friend of the show here, author Vince McKee, he did his latest Cavaliers book. We talked with him about it a week ago here. Cleveland Cavaliers, a history of the wine and gold. How about this? Cavs are going to have him doing a signing at the November 29th game against the Pacers down at the Q. So if you're going down there, take a copy of the book with you or or pick one up if I believe they'll be available there and have Vince sign them and tell him you saw it and heard it. You didn't see it because this is radio. Tell him you heard about it here on the Sports Fix. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, let's do it. Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com joins us next. Dr. Football still to come and so much more. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Hey, when we go to break, do me a favor. Click a link and tell somebody else to join us. Click, share, and tell the world. Let's do it. Coming back with Jeff Gorman, Indians101.com, next on The Fix. The Sports Fix, the show that asks the question... We'll be right back. Hey guys, let me get just a minute and talk to you because millionaires are being made all season long at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. Of course, you know we have our year-to-year full season league. One-week fantasy football means no season-long commitments. You play whenever you want. If you've got an injured player, and boy do I know about that, no problem. At DraftKings.com, it's like a new season every week. You're never stuck with the same players. You can pick your team in minutes and be on your way to winning huge cash this season one listener cash nothing wrong with cash this season one listener turned 10 bucks into five thousand dollars another turned two dollars into ten grand a new millionaire has been crowned nearly every week this season at draftkings.com you could be next imagine winning a million dollars in one day just for playing fantasy football at DraftKings.com. Get free entry into their $100,000 fantasy football contest this weekend, where first place takes home ten grand. Head to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code SPREAKER to play for free with your first deposit. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, 
bigger millionaires. Enter Spreaker for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Football season is party season at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. Everyone wins at Harry Buffalo. Every Saturday is Coors Light College Football Saturday with $6 pitchers, four bottles for 10 bucks, and the Buckeyes in full HD. Football season is most definitely party season, and your headquarters is Harry Buffalo North Olmstead all winter long. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? He won it! Elo! Hit a three-pointer on the sideline! In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Copy today. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and, and starts, starts getting, getting real. real. And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Nobody, Nobody does, does that, that like, like Fantasy, fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. There's literally only one place to go. FantasyJocks.com Hello Cleveland, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley and you are listening to the Sports Fix. Yeah! Welcome back to the Sports Fix. You guys keep me running during the during the breaks there. J-Rock back with you here on the Sports Fix Radio Network rolling on here. Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com on the hotline. We're going to go to him here in just a second, talk a little baseball. We're going to talk football. Hey, we got it all coming in today. A little, actually hitting the whole spectrum of it. But uh, sit tight, NFL Browns talk coming up. Dr. Football, Bill Chekis, he's coming up next. But next up on the hotline, Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com joining us. Shut up in the chat room, Ron Graham. Uh, Jeff Gorman joining us. You guys can keep the conversation rolling on Facebook and Twitter and email. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix. CLE. Email us the sports fix. That room, by the way, yeah, DraftKings.com. You put in the promo code Spreaker and voila, they send you an entry for their $100,000 entry weekend tournament uh, thingamajiggy. Although, I'll tell you, I reached out to them. uh, Full disclosure right here. They told me that the entry that they send you is for a free entry. Uh, I did tell them that the best I could tell, it appeared that the free entry was with your first deposit. Now, they tell me that I was wrong, so 
I'm relaying the message to you. However, if I'm right, just remember that I told you that. But it is DraftKings.com, and it's promo code Spreaker. It's actually pretty cool. I checked it out. I'm going to be playing, too. So if I win a million bucks, I'll well, I don't know if I'll let you know because I may just not show up tomorrow. But uh, other than that, barring if I don't win a million, if, if I just knock on wood, I'll, I'm with you, LG. I'll be happy to win a couple hundred. But I'll check it out. It's pretty cool because you're not locked in. It is different, as we know, between the week-to-week suffering that I'm going through and some of you may be going through in your league. It is kind of cool. But anyway, so check that out, DraftKings.com. All right, guys, going to the phones. Let's talk a little uh, baseball here. A lot in the news, a lot maybe in the news to come. So let's do it. Jeff Gorman joins us from Indians101.com every Tuesday. He's here right now. I don't know where he's at. He's always in some weird top-secret location. He's probably in, like, a bunker somewhere, you know, just... Just hanging out. What's up, Jeff Gorman from Indians101.com? How you doing? I'm doing superb, Jarrah. It's about as beautiful a day as you're ever going to get in November, so what better time than this to talk baseball? <laughs> it is, man. I'm looking out the window, and I, I stepped out a little bit this morning, and I said, man, now I almost wish I did take the day off the show today. <laughs> I was joking yesterday. I said, right. no, man, we don't take – no, it's just a Tuesday. We're not taking the day off, man. You know, Christmas, maybe – Thanksgiving, the big ticket holidays will will take some time. But now I'm going, man, that would have been as good of an excuse as any to be outside today, man. I went out this morning, hit the fishing pole. I'm just saying there's a lot of things could have done here because, like you said, not going to see a whole lot of a lot of November days in this area anyways looking quite like that. Although it's coming. It's coming. The snow's coming. I don't know if you've heard, but it is coming, Jeff Gorman, yeah. to uh, northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. We turn our, our thoughts happy things right now, talking about like spring maybe training. how the Indians hey. should maybe take a jump. Less than 100 days. Let's start it right there. You want a happy there thought before, before the snow even falls? 98 days from today, baby, spring training starts. So you're under 100 days to the countdown. I mentioned it. Hey, Ro, I'm going to ask you, because uh, we've talked about Ned Yost a little bit. You know, obviously, Terry Francona, to me, more deserving of being a manager of the year this year with what he had to deal with than last year. But uh, I, it's very doubtful that Terry Francona ends up in that position again. He'll be up there, in there. But uh, what do you think? Ned Yost, do you think that he ends up taking it, forgetting the Royals someplace they hadn't been in three decades in the World Series? Or Well, actually, the voting would have been done before they made the playoff run, right? So it would have just been... Uh, based on getting them to the playoffs. but Or, you know, I mean, you got Showalter, obviously. Tito's going to get some votes. Who do you think wins it tonight, the uh, AL Manager of the Year? I think they are going to go with Ned Yost, even though, of course, Showalter and Frank Hona are better managers. I think just the whole story of the Royals making it to the playoffs for the yeah. first time in almost three decades, you know, somebody had to do that. And, you know, I guess it is kind of an accomplishment, you know, that he was able to do that for the Royals. So I think they're going to give it to him. Boy, don't give him too many compliments. You're like, well, somebody eventually right. had to do that. I mean, so... That's funny. Very funny stuff. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I think he does, too, though. I do. Interested in that one. A lot of people, and I saw uh, Ron in the chat room, and he just put it up on our Facebook page as well. But some of these, all the different breakdowns. Sorry, Kluber. Felix Hernandez, Chris Sale, I think, kind of the third horse in that race. But uh, mostly it's coming down to Felix and Corey Kluber in most people's minds. And to me, obviously, success of the team is going to be a neutral position there. So that's not going to sway things either way. I got to tell you, even though people say, well, historically, 
um, uh, you know, the I hear you, Ron. I'll address that in just a minute. Um, but, you know, well, he's had more historic run. He's got the, the track record and all of that. It doesn't matter. I think this is not the best pitcher of the last five years. It's the best pitcher for this season here. But I just don't think the numbers are that. You know, people. Well, you can give this to Felix, and I think Corey Kluber stands out in most of the categories. To me, that's the guy, especially when you consider that Felix was better in the first half of the season than the second, and vice versa for Kluber when the teams were playing meaningful games and trying to make the playoffs, even though they fell short. Both teams were trying to make the playoffs and fell short, and Corey Kluber was better in that stretch. And I think that, to me, puts him over the top. I know I'm a Cleveland guy and I don't have a vote. What do you think? Who do you think should get it? And do you think Corey Kluber does get it? You know, this seems like one of those cases where the Cleveland guy is going to get the shaft, especially because, you know, Felix is, you know, a bigger name, but I've, I've got a good feeling that Kluber's going to win it. I think that, you know, he's been so good and so consistent. I think people around the country have been kind of waking up as to how good he is. And I think when it came down the stretch, as far as, you know, the Cy Young race, you know, Kluber was just knocking it out every single time. So I think that, uh, I think that Kluber's going to get the credit he deserves. And I think he's, I think he's going to be close, but I've got a good feeling that he's going to win it. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I know I've seen a lot of the advanced metrics, and I agree with what Ron just said there. How much better would Corey Kluber have been if the Indians' defense wasn't abysmal for the first half, three, two-thirds of the season compared to what Seattle had over there? You know, Hernandez has the lead in the ERA. Corey Kluber won more games, you know. Uh, Kluber was better in strikeouts per nine. Uh, Hernandez was a hair better in walks per nine. None of it was leveraged in in the second half, and I thought Kluber got better as the season went on. I think we saw that. I mean, he just turned into a bulldog, for lack of better terms, down the stretch. And uh, and how about his? You know, for those of you that are into advanced metrics, his his wins above replacement was seven and a half, and it was uh, significantly better uh, as well there too. So uh, you know. I don't know. I know people can make the arguments either way, but to me, it is uh, it, it's Corey Kluber's award here this year. I think second half he was better. They were negligibly the same in the first half. If Hernandez wasn't slightly better for that, I give the edge to Kluber. Interesting fact: you can't even go by team wins and losses. I just saw this. Both teams were twenty-two and twelve in games started by that pitcher. So even then. Uh, you can't do anything in the the one head to head matchup if that's your thing. Kluber complete game shutout. Hernandez seven innings gave up two runs when those two pitchers met in Cleveland. So I don't know. I'm with you. We'll see. Some people may say, "Hey, let me see Corey Kluber go out and do it again next year." But when I talked about that wins above replacement, it was the highest in baseball. It led all of pitchers, and it was the highest since Roy Holiday back in 2011 uh, as far as what wins above replacement is, is what it would be if you were replaced with the average player at your position. That's a significant chunk for a pitcher right there, nearly eight wins above what the replacement guy would be. That's pretty significant for sure. Right, that is really amazing. When you think about it, and you think how the Indians were battling and trying to scratch down the uh, down. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The stretch to making the playoffs. Every time Kluber was out there, he came through. You can't really, you know, I know nobody's perfect, but I can't really think of anything else Kluber could have possibly done. I mean, he really took everything on his shoulders, and he came through almost like Ubaldo did the previous year. And, you know, I think that overall, I think Kluber's, you know, I, like I said, I don't think there's really anything else he could have done. I think he's, I think he definitely deserves to win it. Yeah. Will he? I don't know. I think it's a matter of do you separate uh, everything else. If you lump it all together, you go, well, Felix is the man. I'm going to give it to him again. If you just look at this year, I think Kluber edges it out, and you go, you know what? I can give it to this guy because for this season, as good as Felix was, man, Kluber was just a tick better. And that's not taking anything away because they're both amazing. Uh, and either one, you can't go wrong with it. We'll see, though. My gut still tells me that they go with the the B pushes it over the top with people that might go, well, the numbers look good, but I don't know much about this Kluber guy. I know Felix, you know, I know King Felix or whatever. So that that could be, and we'll have to we'll have to see. That'll be part of the equation. That's tomorrow night, and uh, nowhere near as uh, as hopeful. But I expect in the top five, Michael Brantley up for the MVP here coming up as well. That one's. Uh, Thursday, I believe, 6 o'clock, they announced that one. But it would just be happy if he represents. Clearly, team performance plays a big part in who wins the MVP. Hey, let's look away from award season because while that's all fun and well, and those are the final pieces and vestiges of 2014, the Indians are already knee-deep in the work for next year. At least they better be. And if they're not, uh, that's a different issue. But uh, knee-deep into that right now. You and I were talking, and I know in the last week you've worked on putting together a list of free agent targets, and I think you were shooting for realistic free agent targets in ways that you thought the Indians would go about this process of fixing their team. So you want to you want to do that, or or are you going to hold out? You want to if you want, we don't have to do that. We can, you know, we can play tiddlywinks or anything else. But if you got a list, <laughs> I'm up for hearing it, man. All right, let's do it. You know, I think the, first of all, you have to realize how much, or should I say, how little the Indians have to spend. They probably only have yeah. around. 10 million or so to spend, and that's kind of tough because, you know, if you want to get a pitcher, you want to get a hitter, and then if you want to get, you know, one of each, then, you know, neither one might not have that big of an impact. So I think that what the Indians need to do is pretty much splurge as much as they can and get that one big guy, and then maybe, you know, fill in with somebody else. And the the strategy that I've identified here is for the Indians, uh, my first two picks are hitters, and then the next three guys are pitchers who might actually end up being a little more expensive anyway. So I, I really like to focus on the two hitters that I think could really help the Indians. And the first yeah. one is Billy Butler. Strangely okay. enough, you know, the, uh, Butler was pretty much let go by the Royals after the World Series because, you know, he had a club option and it was for like $13.5 million. And that was just way too much based on Butler's production. So he's going to come, he's going to go somewhere for a lot less than that. But, you know, he is by no means washed up. He's been very, you know, 
and he's been very good uh, over the years for the Royals. Last year, a little bit of a down year. He hit 271. He had nine homers, but he still had 66 RBI, which was very good. He's almost always giving you double-digit home runs, and he had 29 home runs as recently as 2012. Now, this would seem like the dream scenario for the Indians since they always like to try to pick somebody up on the cheap after kind of a down year like they did with David Murphy. So I think that Butler would really be a good pickup if they can uh, afford him, especially since even though the Royals gave him up, it would almost be like right. a direct steal from the Royals. That would really be nice. I hear you there. My one issue, and it's the same thing that people throw back at me when I say Victor Martinez, is you're talking about a guy who is a designated hitter by trade slash occasional first baseman. And again, like people say with Victor, where do you, who doesn't play? I'm with you there, but I think that that would probably have to, and I think anything that you're talking about here is cognizant of the fact that there's going to have to be some type of trade. I'm not saying you sell the farm, you know, they're, they're, I'm not saying it has to be the biggest trade either, but I think we know that they have to, Shuffle the deck a bit as far as some of these pieces that are impediments to adding to your team. And it can't be done just in free agency. But, yeah, I hear you as far as the thought and the thought process of of hurting the other team. Because, as we've already seen, Kansas City has talked about still the possibility of bringing him back in 2015. They just had to get out from underneath that option. So, you know, you got a guy who's a lifetime 300 hitter in eight years, as you said, a down year this year, uh, down in the power numbers as well. He peaked out a couple of years ago, uh, 2012, that all-star season. He had 100 or 107 RBIs, 29 home runs. Uh, but the last two years, the power has dropped. Still 15 home runs last year, which aren't uh, terrible power numbers, but then dropped down to nine here this year. I do think the value could be there, but you're going to have that issue of uh, too many, too much of a log jam in one place. You got a lot of people who uh, remember that was a story in the World Series. Is you got this big cog of your team and you can't use them in half of the World Series. So, yeah, you know, I think what you have to look at is where should the Indians get somebody. Of course, you know you've got Brantley and you've got Bourne who are established in left and center. You've got yep. Santana who's pretty much set in there at first. So you're pretty much looking at like the right field DH type of, of situation. Of course, you've got Swisher, who, you know, we all know about him. And of course, Murphy <laughs> might end up having to be traded. He might be the guy pretty much like Drew Stubbs. You know, if, if he had had a fantastic year and hit 25 home runs, then great. But he didn't. And we need somebody else who can do that. So it might be time to ship him out and try somebody else. So I could see them bringing in Butler, giving him some time at first, some time at DH. You know, I don't want to put Swisher in the outfield. Of course, you still have Ryan Rayburn to play some in the outfield. So if anybody can, you know, shuffle him in there enough, it would certainly be uh, Terry Francona. But he's kind of my top uh, uh, pick. Me, but my other top pick... Real quick, Jeff, would be let my, me ask you a question. Yeah? Do you see, because Mike Brandenberry and I were doing this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it just kind of, both of us looked and said... You know where we can see that guy going besides Cleveland? And I think Billy Butler may fit into that, too, if you see a team like Detroit and they lose Victor. That could be the type of piece that you plug in there, perhaps, to replace that because there's a guy in a similar position there. I don't know. What are your thoughts? But I could see uh, I, I could see that being a possible fallback guy for the Tigers should they indeed lose Victor Martinez. 
I can see that too. I wouldn't want to see that because you know, no. I think Butler is a very good hitter, and I'd love to see him with the Indians. But yeah, I could see I could see the Tigers poaching him too. So yep. it may be a little bit of a bidding war, but you know, pretty much all within the same division. Who knows? Maybe the White Sox might want to jump in on that too. Hopefully not. All right. Well, you said you had a second piece here, so go ahead with it. Yeah, my second pick would be Michael Morse, the outfielder for the Giants. Of course, yeah. we also saw him in the World Series. You know, a good right-handed power hitter. You know, I just think he would give us a little more power out of right field. You could just plug him in there. Uh, he had 279 last year with 16 homers, 61 RBI. He also, you know, came up big in the World Series. You know, he was, you know, the DH when they were in uh in uh, Kansas City, and he came up with four RBI in the World Series. Of course, he's got that. Now he's got that, you know, World Series experience. You know, he might be the kind of good veteran hitter that can help the team get over the top, both from a leadership standpoint and from a production standpoint. I think he might end up giving the tribe the power in right field that I think they kind of lacked last year out of Murphy and Raber. And I hear that. That's an interesting thought process there. What kind of money do you think he's looking for? What kind of deal do you think Morse is looking for here? Well, I've heard that he's going to be about two years, $20 million. And that might take up pretty much the entire about $10 million budget that the uh, Indians have to spend. But if you want to bring in somebody who's an impact bat when you're already, you know, clogged up with the contracts you have, especially with Bourne and Swisher, you know, he might be pretty much the most that you could shoehorn into the budget. But, you know, that's what you got to do. you got to get somebody that was the big problem in a lot of ways. And if that's the case, that means you're pretty much going to have to double down on your nice, young, cheap uh, pitching staff, and you won't really be able to help that pitching staff very much unless you trade Murphy for a veteran starting pitcher. So you're pretty much committing all your free agent dollars to hitting, which might be a risk that the Indians might kind of have to take. Yeah, and I yeah, and you can understand that because they feel that the uh, the well is full, not just with the you know the main group of guys that we've talked about, but with some of the guys coming up from the farm system as well. They believe that they've got five, six, seven different candidates here. But you know what? It, though I will just go back to what Mike says, and and something that we may say again in February is that is the same type of logic. What you just said is the same type of logic that the Indians went with and that Indians fans allowed themselves to go with going into spring training last year. Well, we got all this pitching, and we got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Well, we did, but we didn't have the guys that we thought we did. They Some of them fell into place. Some of them came later. Some of them eventually figured it out, and some of them came from out of nowhere, and we did have all the pieces, but we didn't have them all together until we got down to the second half and really stabilized that rotation down the second half of the season. So that's the scary part about that. You hope that the second half and what we saw is you go, okay, they can bank on this there, but uh, I do think there's got to be a veteran, and it may come in trade. It may come in trade for sure. Um, but I think there's got to be a, a veteran pitcher in there as well. You've got to have some protection built in. And who knows, man? I mean, we keep hearing it enough. The Indians are definitely the kind of team that can talk themselves into bringing back Justin Masterson on a make good. You know they can, and uh, they, and I can totally see maybe just one of those, you know, well, no, I can't see him coming in for two. I don't know. 
maybe one of those see what happens in spring training. I think he gets a better deal though from somebody. Somebody will will give him a, a decent deal. I know you're saying why and how would you trust me? Somebody's going to give him some money. It may not be the money that he would have got here in Cleveland, but uh, somebody's going to give Masterson some money. But he would fit into that kind of a reclamation deal that the tribe likes to do. So who knows? Who else you got? Well, and there's a few. Uh, honorable mentions, guys who would come cheaper, guys that I'm not really that excited about. But if we got one of these guys, maybe we, maybe we might be able to afford one of the three pitchers that I have I here. Don't I'm like talking it. about guys like Ryan Ludwig. Oh. I'm not thrilled with Ludwig because you know that would mean that we had him before his prime and after his prime, but not yes. during his prime. That would be kind of bothersome. <laughs> then you got Alex Rios, Tori, and then Kendrick Morales. Maybe one of those guys might be a little cheaper, but I, I don't think they would help you as much as Billy Butler and Michael Morse did, but maybe you can afford one of the pitchers. See, I'm just, to me, I think the Indians have a lot of guys that maybe can help you. What if? I think that anything that they do needs to be needle move off season here. I really do. I think you got a lot of guys. Hell, rather than give those at bats, Zeus Aguilar. And I don't want to do that. What I'm saying is, in once we start going that route, I got some young, intriguing power guys that I want to take a look at too, and maybe they, you know, maybe they won't start out as hot, but I think they'll finish hotter because you'll probably break down by the time we get to the end of the season. But um, yeah, yeah, I think they got to. I think the target's got to be one or two needle movers, man. And I think one of those comes in a trade, and the other one comes. I do agree with what you said as far as uh, they are going to have somewhere between ten and fifteen million dollars to work with that's going to be their budget here for the winter unless they add more to it that's just saying hey this is last year's payroll and we're going to match it if we're going to match it then you got 10 12 at most 15 million dollars to work with i agree with you i think they spend a lot of it in one chunk that's i think 10 million is probably a good estimate somewhere in there if it's a whether it's for a hitter or a pitcher and then they address the other in a trade, and uh, and like I said, there's a lot of possibilities because everybody says, "Oh, I wish you could trade Swisher," and this, well, you can't do that. But there are yeah. a lot of intriguing possibilities of guys they could trade and things you could do. And the thing people got to keep in mind before the Indians do perhaps make one of these deals is you do have to give up stuff to get stuff. And I understand that. You know, if you want, if you want to go get, and I'm just throwing a name, David Price. I'm just throwing that out there because it's a name people talk about. Um, right. You know, you got to give up. You got to give up Lindor or Santana, you know, whatever. You're going to have to give up a piece. And I'd be cool with that for the right piece to come back. If they can sign a decent uh, a free agent and make a trade for a second one and kind of bring in a one-two combination, maybe not A level, but B plus level guys, I think that might be enough to put them there and, and at least have them in there with Kansas City and Detroit for this season. Because all three teams. Both uh, Kansas City and Detroit are taking some shots across defections of their own. They're going to obviously reload as well, but it's going to be right there for these three teams to go to work. And I agree with you, Ron. I want to see him it a bit. He's got work. To, you know, he's a young guy, but he's got that power. You can't buy it. Well, you can buy it. For the most part, uh, it's, the, it, it's, a, it's a very real, but I like Aguilar. And I think he's got natural power, so I'd like to see him uh, win Creef. I know people are like, hey, I know he's a project and he may never see the majors, but keep. I'm telling you, he may, if nothing else, he'll be that guy that hits some mythical spring training home runs before his career's over. Alright, Jeff Gorman. Tell you what, 
since we were talking about trades being the other thing, how about you and I next week uh, talk about some trade possibilities, some uh, some things that are in the fire. It's hot stove league time and talk about perhaps some people that the Indians may be interested in moving and what perhaps they could get in return. It sounds like a good plan. It's, of course, it's got to be just the right mix. Of course, the Indians don't have a whole lot of uh, of wiggle room. They have to make every move count. The, the other pitchers I was going to mention were Edinson Volquez, Jason oh, yeah. Hamill, and Ryan Vogelsong. But those guys will all be about 10 mil, so it's going to be tough to, uh, to to fit those guys in there. But, you know, and they cook about possible uh, trade scenarios, who you keep and who who might have some value, who other teams might be looking at and saying, hey, that guy might be pretty good in our uniform. Absolutely, because I I definitely, I've said it all along, that's what the Indians do best, this front office, at acquiring talent. It's not in free agency. They're terrible in free agency. It's in the (laughs) trade market. In the trade market, they, they, I don't know why they couldn't identify people in their own draft for the last 10 years. They can now, but uh, they can sure identify people that other teams have drafted and go, you know what? In two years, that guy's going to be a star. We'll trade for him. I don't know why, but they're good at it. And so uh, that's where my hope comes in, that they're able to make something happen. Jeff, have a good one. You and I will catch up on Friday where you bring me the scouting report for the Houston Texans as we get ready to uh, get ready for the Browns game this weekend. All right. I'm on the case, Chief. All right. Jeff Gorman, have a good one. You too. Thanks a lot. My man, Jeff Gorman, Indians101.com. You guys can tweet with them at Indians underscore 101. That's the dash that's on the ground for those of you guys that don't know. Indians underscore 101. All right, guys, let's take a break, get you some news, come back, talk some football in hour two with the doctor. Dr. Football going to join us here. We'll talk Browns and Bengals and his thoughts on the Browns victory, the Steelers loss, and the Browns alone. This late in the season, alone in first place for the first time since they moved the Browns. Yes, since they moved the Browns. Let's talk about that. Look ahead to Houston. Carson Palmer, my man's down in Arizona. He knows firsthand how much that one hurts. I still can't believe what a freaky coincidence. He signs his last contract, big money, 10 days later, ACL. Signs this one, boom, next game. ACL. Amazing. Nobody should ever sign a contract with Carson Palmer in the future. Carson Palmer should never want to sign a contract. From now on, hey man, can we just handshake and slide cash under the table? Because I'm not signing uh, any more contracts. We'll talk about all of that and more. Look back. Dr. Uh, Dr. Football's disappointments and surprises in the first half. Of course, I'm sure the Browns one of them. Let's do it. Talk some NFL with the doctor. Dr. Football coming up next after the news here on The Fix. Hour 2. Coming your way. The Sports Fix, your choice for intelligent talk. I'm expecting a very important delivery at the house, so could you please call me if it arrives? I'll give you my cell number. 401-555-1125. Four. 40440. Four no, no, I was just repeating the four. One four. One four. Intelligent talk. Okay, one one two five. One one two five. One five five. I'm not giving you quantities of the numbers. I'm giving you the numbers. One one two five. Those are the last four numbers. Oh, I see. One one two five. Yes. All right. Now read the number back to me. Let me get my pen. The sports fix will be right back. 
Hi, this is Joe Tate, and you're listening to The Sports Fix. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with The Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, thesportsfix at AOL.com. That's thesportsfix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on The Sports Fix. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Good morning, I'm Bob Picozzi. Just how important is time of possession? The Panthers controlled the ball for 38 of the 60 minutes and lost by 24. In his first started quarterback in 23, March, uh, 23 months, Mark Sanchez passed for 337 yards and two touchdowns in the Eagles' 45-21 lathering of Carolina in Monday Night Football. Uh, it felt great. You know, a couple uh, easy throws that I want back, some plenty of things to clean up. By no means was it perfect. I'm just proud of the way our team played offensively, defensively, and special teams, especially with this salute to service game. We uh, we love our troops, and we support them, all the men and women fighting for us. The Eagles are 7-2. and two. They keep their half-game lead over Dallas in the NFC East. 49ers linebacker Alden Smith will return to work today. He's been reinstated after serving a NFL substance abuse and personal conduct policies. Who will replace Auburn in the top four in the college football playoff rankings? Those rankings will be released tonight, 7.30 Eastern Time on ESPN. Buck Showalter got 17 years. Ned Yost took the Royals to their first postseason in 29 years. One of them should be named the American League Manager of the Year tonight. The certified service experts at your Buick dealer would like you to think about anything but the maintenance of your Buick. That's their job. If you don't know worry-free service, you don't know Buick Certified Service. Visit BuickCertifiedService.com for the latest service offers and everyday value pricing. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. Hour 2 kicking off here. J-Rock with you. Jerry Myers welcoming you back in. Going to be joined momentarily by Dr. Football. Doctors in the house every Tuesday talking NFL. 
Browns, all of that. We're going to go around it all here. Speaking of, I heard that in the uh, in the break, Alden Smith getting reinstated. Did you guys know I saw this the other day? I meant to bring it up on the show, and it just never came up in the topic of conversation. Alden Smith's playing this NFL season for free. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, between uh, his – because he owed money back for forfeited uh, – signing bonus and, and all of that from the uh, discipline and so because of that and the prorated portions and the salary and all he's actually he owes them more money than he's getting paid for this season so he's actually going to have to pay them some more money next year before he's square Alden Smith becomes the first NFL player playing a season for free he's actually paying to play in the NFL. He's paying uh, like that this year to play. He's paying to play in the NFL. First time it's ever happened that way just because he owes his contract back. But I thought that was interesting. He's back. Hey, that's what you get. Don't don't run afoul of the law and do all these stupid things. Don't go with making bomb threats at airports and being domestically what you guys don't have to argue you don't ever have to go in front of a an arbitrator adrian peterson doesn't have to be mad right now that nobody will let him play football you can just be playing i mean i'm just saying i mean uh, <laughs> it's your own fault so yes he's play, paying to play in the nfl alden smith hey guys since dr football is on the phones you guys got to keep it rolling on social media facebook.com slash the sports fix tweet with us at the sports fix cle email us the sports fix at aol.com i'm gonna go to the phones dr football in the house bill check us bill how you doing this afternoon j-rock what's going on what's happening my man yeah did you hear that i don't know if you uh I've ever heard of anything like that because I do believe it's the first time ever. But yeah, somebody, uh, you know, you hear about it in high schools paying to play football. But uh, Alden Smith paying to play this year because of the money he owes the 49ers back, man. Shouldn't have spent that money so quick, man. Now, now they want know, their money back. And you know what else? I, and, and you know what else, Jerry? He's got, um, uh, I, I am led to believe that uh, one of his two residences is up for sale along with 90% of his uh, firearms. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's a, in serious he's financial straits right now. Yeah, He's a huge Absolutely. collector, and I happened to get a, a message from uh, one of the uh, auction houses this week uh, that uh, his collection of uh, military surplus rifles is up to sale. I'm just saying. Brian Hoyer gets to play football this week. Johnny Manziel gets to play football. Well, he gets to practice. But the point being, uh, these guys get to show up. Anybody you want to name, all the other 700, 800,000 players that get to show up and practice this week, they get to do it just fine. So I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for the guys that have any issues that oh, are no. of their own causing. I no, agree. no, no. I'm I with you. So. <laughs> if he has to sell his firearms, maybe he shouldn't have them because he doesn't sound like that mentally stable of a person to begin with, you know. But uh, anyways, right. Adrian Peterson, well, that, I don't know if you saw story. that. Did you see the story? That, uh, they're they're story. all fighting uh, fighting tooth and nail right now uh, with the NFL to try to get Adrian Peterson reinstated uh, immediately. They think he should be able to play right now. I'm going to say kind of along the lines of what I just said. We say it all the time, Bill. Playing in a professional sport is not your living. It's not what you do. It's not, you know, when people say, well, a guy's got to make a living. I'm sorry. It's a privilege. It's not your living. Your living right. is a job. You can have any kind of a career. Uh, it's a privilege. So excuse me if the NFL makes you wait for a week or two before they decide when you can go back and play football. They didn't have any problem making Josh Gordon or 
Dozens of other players wait until they saw fit. But, you know, this is like a big deal now. They're firing urgent grievances because he needs to be reinstated. He was to plead guilty or no contest, excuse me. You knew you could have stalled that out if you you sit and you wait until they tell you when you can play again. I don't see what the... Because it would work that way for any of us at our job and it should work. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I definitely agree with that. I mean, he should maybe cool his jets a little bit. Uh, certainly, uh, one guy who uh, is happy that he's playing is uh, one number three on the Philadelphia Eagles, namely Mark Sanchez. And uh, you know? I'm sure Rex Ryan is kicking himself in the, in the back of his neck right now. No, he's not, because he's he's a goofball, absolutely. Uh, Rex Ryan, I'm sorry, most overrated coach in the NFL, I got to tell you. I'm not a Rex Ryan fan, but you brought up Sanchez. Okay, let's go there. Look at him last night. Now, I asked the question at the beginning of the show, can you plug any quarterback into that offense and just watch him go? Because maybe that's the truth. But M- Mark Sanchez looked like the quarterback that you thought he was coming out of college, or at least that some people thought he was coming out of college, truly looked like that franchise type of quarterback for one game there last night. And instantly, the first thing I said is, well, I guess we just answered the question, was it Sanchez or was it the Jets? Because it it must have been the Jets. I'm not saying that this is the new and improved Mark Sanchez. I just think that he was better than necessarily the situation made him be there. And, And hey, he didn't rise above it either way. But, uh, but last night, he sure as hell looked like an NFL quarterback, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, it, we those of us who were covering the beat in New York for a long time knew it was the Jets and not him. I mean, maybe he's a little bit of an airhead, but, you know, how many guys aren't a little bit of an airhead? You know, um, I've always had good dealings with him when uh, I met him and spoken with him in person. He was always uh, very giving of his time the charities and uh you know i know that i knew that he was a capable quarterback i wasn't saying he was a world beater like some people said and when he was drafted by the jets right away the jets fans came out and said oh it's the savior of the franchise (laughs) you know it not so fast not so fast you know if anything uh the two guys that kept him upright the entire time he was on the jets were mangold and and, uh, ferguson you know, and uh, they they still to this day anchor that line no matter who the quarterback is. And, you know, those that's the issue is finding the right quarterback for that system. And that's an issue that every single team, follow, you know, has to follow yeah. through on. Obviously, uh, with the Browns, we know that Hoyer is the correct choice for the time being. You know, hey, I like Johnny football, but, you know, everybody has to, like, fool their jets a little bit and let things play out the way they are right now because – Things are looking good. I mean, if you're if you're sitting in in uh, if you're sitting in Berea right now, things look pretty good. Yeah, we'll get into the Browns here in just a second. A couple of things off of what you just said. We know firsthand how what, how uh, quarterbacks get ruined before you even get a chance to see what they've got in a dysfunctional organization. We've seen it for year after year since 1999. So that's obviously a big part of that. Real quick, Nick Mangold from the Ohio State University, by the way. Uh, Did you notice him back body drop one of the Steelers the other day? That clip was was priceless, man. I just like uh, buddies just send me clips of things that uh, happened over the weekend and stuff. I I get a kick out. Speaking of 
clips of things that happened over the weekend. Did you guys get a chance, Bill? Did you see Brock Osweiler and uh, the clip? It's going viral. I think it's pretty funny. If you haven't, just Google search Brock Osweiler video. It'll be the first thing that comes up on Google during that blowout the other day, right? It's like 41 to 10 or something like that. And he's the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos. For those of you that don't know who he is. So he's the backup quarterback for Peyton Manning. And uh, he was told that he was going into the game to, to mop up. It was the whole fourth quarter still to play, but there was like uh, a minute left in the third quarter or something like that. And uh, so the team gets a turnover or whatever it was. And uh, the offense goes and trots out. So Osweiler's got his baseball cap on and he's got like a cup of Gatorade in his hand. He turns around to the table behind him where he's got his, his helmet sitting there. So he takes off his, uh, he takes off his, his hat, puts down his cup, Puts on his helmet, or starts to put on his helmet. As he's turning around, he sees Peyton Manning trot back out on the field, and it's the camera just catches him, kind of like they, you know, Johnny always. The camera finds him on the sidelines. There, he throws his hand down, like, well, of course, Peyton's going out there, and it was just, it was dejected. It was so funny. It's a, a cool little clip. You got to see it. He doesn't get mad for people that over exaggerate it. He doesn't get mad or anything like that. He doesn't throw a hissy fit. He just turns as he's starting to put the helmet on he looks up sees Peyton running on the field and says oh and just waves it away like well of course Peyton's going out there why wouldn't he I thought it was funny did you see that doc I haven't seen it yet but uh as soon as I get back in the house I'm gonna go look at it and you know uh, you know people people I I heard I heard something about it yesterday so I was in the middle of doing stuff yesterday because uh we're showing our house to sell move into something smaller so that's why i'm talking to you from the road today oh absolutely yeah it's just funny nothing too earth shattering it was just funny the look on his face and he's like oh well and i guess now it's the big laugh in the building because they've been playing it up on the meeting screens and everything and so it's a uh, it's funny now but yeah you know, hey man mop up time I, a buddy of mine texted me and said man he's a little girl i said no nah, man forget peyton manning that was his moment garbage time is my time and i'm going out there to play man i sit here and watch you throw for seven touchdowns a week i'm going going to get my garbage time snaps dog on it but uh, anyways funny stuff all right browns you brought it up let's go there we haven't had a chance to talk what were your thoughts thursday night kicking off the week this week browns and the Bengals and the way they went and did what they did in cincinnati well you know it's obvious that everybody automatically in the Bengals they were just a uh, streak and uh you know those of us who've been paying attention know that the Browns are a better team now than they were at this time last year and two years ago and three years ago, and that they were going to come in there and it was going to be a fight. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, Marvin Lewis prepared his team uh, quite so well as he could have uh, to uh, handle handle the Browns. And of course, you know, uh, give give the give Pet they played they played it well. It was a short week. They worked on it. Uh, they had two very good spirited practices before the game. Uh, they get down there, and everybody thinks that they're going to be uh, the losers. They're going to come out on the short end, and they dominate the game. Now, true, they weren't perfect. There were some spots where things could have been a little better. But I, I really don't say much better than they all things considering with the fact that they're missing a couple of key people. Uh, that was still a very good performance. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it, you know, for a lot of people that were circling that game and saying, okay, Browns will come back to reality here, which, and still when people say that, it bothers me a bit. Listen, this Browns team has a lot of growth to do, a lot of work to do. This is just the beginning of it, a window of opportunity, in my opinion, for the next few seasons, not to, not the middle of it. But, you know, so many people will will look at the team, and as I said, they were pointing to this as saying, well, you beat some bad teams. I said, well, no, they beat a couple of bad teams. They also beat a couple of good teams. Like, it, it bothers me how people ignore that. Like, when, when I look back, and I get the, the luxury of recording this show every day and being able to go back and listen to what – we were talking about not just me but you guys that that talk whether it's online or whether it's the phone calls or the guests on the phone so i get to hear what we were all saying a week ago a month ago a year ago whatever and uh what you may remember thinking and what we were actually talking about sometimes are a little bit different because there's sometimes I have to go back and go, oh, man, I forgot we were even saying that. And I remember looking at the early part of the schedule and people saying, oh, well, this is a crucible here in the Brown. Look at this. They're going to be 0-3 at the bye because this is the the toughest run. And I agree because I said it. We all looked at the schedule. And said, but now people forget they ever said that. Now suddenly the Browns have beaten six cupcakes and lost to the only good teams that they've played, and that's some people's story, and they're sticking to it. And I don't understand that narrative at all. But this game with the Bengals changed that because you can no longer point to that because this is a team that everybody was telling me was going to smack the Browns back down to reality. This is a Super Bowl contending Bengals team. Look what they did to this team and that team and, and all of that. And I agree. it was It's a good team. I was worried about the Browns going to Cincinnati as well. So now they did that. Now people just say, oh, that just means the Bengals aren't any good. I'm like, a week ago they were a potential Super Bowl team. Now they're not any good because they lost to the Browns. At some point, doesn't that narrative have to change to maybe the Browns are just a pretty decent football team? Because that that kind of wears on me a bit when some – you know, you can't go look one way and then when things go a different way, change the way you looked at it from the beginning. The Browns persevered through a tough slate at the open part of the season, and they did it with what before the season started – people said was a miserable wide receiver core with absolutely no offensive weapons and a career backup at quarterback. And here they sit. If the season ended today, they would host the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. And, and you know, on top of that, uh, you know, you just brought up a great point. Uh, I see Friday morning in, in uh, my news blast, uh, I got something from the New England Sports Network saying, sorry, the Browns still just aren't that good. And, uh, you know, I wrote back to the guy. I sent him a little message. I said, you know, Patriots, egotistical, <laughs> arrogant self. The Browns wouldn't beat the Patriots in the playoffs, but they're gonna, uh, starting to hear the footsteps now. And that's what's scaring people, that now not only are the Browns legitimate, but they're legitimate winners. Okay, they're not illegitimate winners. They're not lucky winners. Franchise now, and uh, you know at least for this season. And let's see where it goes. You got to hope that there aren't too many more serious injuries, though, because you know you look at teams yes. that are getting decimated by injuries, and you know their offensive production is just falling off. You know they're lucky that they haven't lost that many guys yet. 
and hopefully they stay healthy throughout the remainder of the season. You know what? Let's mention this when I could. You guys that haven't heard thus far, uh, Tayshawn Gibson, which is a little scary because of the way he's been playing back there, all-pro clip. Tayshawn Gibson and Jordan Cameron not practicing in the early part of this week. So Wednesday is always the key day for you guys that know that. Uh, guys that don't practice on Wednesday, you start seriality of them not playing this weekend. But that's still, this today's only Tuesday, so this this week has just begun. Jordan Cameron, I've got in my gut as maybe... 40 60 that he plays i really could see them especially because they've gotten great contributions from barnage and dre i could totally see them being willing to take as long as it takes with george cameron and gordon back in the same week is kind of intriguing to me too as long as uh i'm getting good production out of the backups as well but gibson you know we know what he's done so far that of course hurts you never want to see the secondary get uh, damaged at all but uh um, those are a couple of injury-related updates. By the way, you're listening to the Sports Fix, Dr. Football, J-Rock. We're talking some Browns, and you talk about the Bengals game, and especially the defense, the way they came out of there. Now let's look ahead. Let's not even look ahead down the stretch. Coming up here, you've got a Houston Texans team that has changed their quarterback at the bye week, which is always a a tricky proposition for the team that does that because the Browns are usually the team that does that. We know Uh, you've got that. You've got Ryan Mallett, who has never played an NFL game. I mean, he's not – this is not a guy – this isn't even Brian Hoyer who's got a handful of opportunities. Uh, This is uh, more than that. So that's – that being on the slate here, there's some weapons on both sides of the ball for Houston, but there's no excuse, and we keep talking about tests for the Browns. There's another one. There's no reason for the Browns not to be 7-3 and three after this game is over as long as they show up and play the same kind of football that they played against Cincinnati. Well, you know, my only concern with Ryan Mallett is that because a lot of people haven't seen him since college, and, uh, you know, we know – uh, we know why his draft stock dropped in the first place uh, with the admitted drug use and a bunch of other uh, things that went on in his past. Uh, that's not to say that he hasn't cleaned up his act. I think the time he spent in New England was very good for him to sit behind Tom Brady and learn. But this is a different situation. Uh, you know, although O'Brien comes off that tree, uh, that Belichick Parcells tree there, yeah. uh, you know, I would be concerned how much he's absorbed of the Texans' offense. And let's face it, you know, they're, they're, they're lacking a couple of, uh, you know, they, they do still have lacking the output this year. They're, they're really, uh, you know, and I saw some things earlier in the season out of a Bill O'Brien team. So, you know, and say that I think this is a game that the Browns can win if they play the same type. Right. And another key too, the health of Arian from that as the week goes in, just like we talk about Jordan Cameron. He, but as you know, groins, those things are tricky right there. That's something to keep an eye on, even if he does play during the game as well. But if he does play, Foster is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh, one of the leaders uh, in yardage this season. I mean, he's, he was right up there neck and neck for a minute with DeMarco Murray before Murray just kept going up and up and up. But, I mean, Arian Foster, it's one of the reasons he's banged up is because he's been so high usage this year. He's right. he's He's been uh, at a high, high clip compared to his career of how much usage they've gotten out of him. And I like Alfred Blue, but there's a big drop-off when you go from Arian Foster to Al Blue. So that's something else to keep in mind because the last thing they want to do is to go in with a new 
quarterback in his first game and have to be down to your backup running backs as well. So it's going to be key as we get later in the week, getting some clarity on whether or not Arian Foster play. Arian Foster is a huge weapon. People talk about Josh Gordon, same thing. I mean, that's even a bigger weapon because to me, uh, a powerful all top league running back like that is is as big or bigger of a weapon as a wide receiver because to me wide receivers are there's more of them uh the the elite running backs are fewer and far between man i know some people feel the exact opposite some people feel that the elite wide to me i'd say it's a passing game as the browns have shown you can get passing production a lot of different ways, uh, and I guess you can with running backs too. I just I'm a fan of the running game, perhaps, so that's why I lean uh, so much more towards the uh, towards those elite run things that I worry about. What do you think? A week from yesterday, by the way, no matter whether the Browns win or lose, they also add something that people didn't even know was possible at the beginning of the season. Do you think that that? I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they're looking at uh, Gordon coming back in two different camps. Either he's going to come back and set the world on fire or he's going to come back and do nothing, um, you know, because he's been out all season. I think just the threat that he's going to come in and be Josh Gordon is already a piece that adds to this offense, regardless of what he actually does statistically. Yeah, I think he's going to be, even if he's only using a decoy uh, in the scheme this week, uh, and they give him a week or two. No, he's to get not back, back until. To, you know, no, no, no. They got one more game. Yeah, one more game. You, you're talking about. Right. I'm talking about right. the week yeah, he yeah, comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- whether or not whether or not they plug him in right away and he gets six or seven targets, whether they use him as a decoy, uh, like you said, the threat of him being back in uniform and back on the sideline, you know, I'd be scared if I were an opposing team's. A defensive coordinator or a special teams coordinator, and I had to figure something out. You know, I would love to see them go back to using him on special a little more because even if he's not ready with the pass routes, just the fact that you have a pair of legs back there like that and a pair of hands that could Man. catch a kickoff and and maybe you know uh, <laughs> set set it on and, and go for the six, you know, and and put up six. That's a huge threat right there. I'll tell you what, Bill, you just I'm I've never really thought of it like that before, but it's like, hey, you want to make up for uh for the beginning of the season here? We need some help running these punts back, and you've got a pretty good set of hands and a pretty good set of legs. Maybe you can help us out here a little bit. And uh no, that's not I, I don't know if that's something the Browns would even consider, but hey, that's something that they might want to. That's not a bad that's not the worst idea I've heard for sure, man. It's definitely better. Yeah, you know. We're not gonna field it at all. Or it's definitely a better option than uh let's let Jim Leonard go back there and see what he can do because those options aren't working out too well right now. Yeah, Leonard's got a lot of heart. And, you know, when I remember him from his time <laughs> Yeah, with that's the Jets a good way and, to put and, it. <laughs> but he's he's got a lot of heart, but he's not necessarily the, the right ball back there. You right. know, maybe he's the guy who should be back there when a team's trying to cough and corner it and he can protect between the ball and well, the that's goal what line. He, that's basically but, uh, his job. Yeah, that's what he's back there for right. is to field fair catches and, and to make sure that they don't screw up too bad, except he decided to run around with a loaf of bread over his head last week and fumbled it. But, yeah, he's basically the safety back there to make sure that we don't screw this punt up too bad. Right, and, uh, you know, obviously Gordon is a better weapon to have back there. And, you know, that's just me thinking it's like an old special idea. teams coach, Jerry. You know, I always, right. I always when, when I was coaching college, I always grabbed the, uh, you know, I always grabbed the offensive coordinator and said, 
please, I don't care if you don't give me the fastest guy on the offense. Give me the second fastest guy so I could work with him and get him ready to return some punts. And, you know, we had one year we had six uh, six punt returns to touchdown. That was a that was an Ivy League record that year. I'm liking your thought process, man. That's something to uh, that's. I'll tell. You, I don't know if they're thinking that way, but that's not a bad way to get used and uh, and you know and say, hey, man, you know, pay pay a little dues, pay us back a little bit for uh, for going through this. We took some bullets for you. Now we need some help here. Help us out a little bit. All right, Doctor Football. Hey, real quick, I was gonna look around the standings, but Arizona, where you're at, we talk about what a great story it's been and. Top seed over there, eight and one as they sit right now, but a big change to the way the rest of that season's gonna look. Carson Palmer, people talked about even though Stanton did a great job stepping in, there's a difference with that veteran quarterback and literally days after Carson Palmer signs that big extension, boom, he goes down. And I don't know if you saw the stat. I mentioned it earlier in the show that uh, the freaky coincidence that this is the second time. When he signed his contract with Cincinnati back in the day, uh, 10 days later, when he signed that big one, the $115 million contract, 10 days later, blew out the ACL and MCL. Same thing here. Very next game that he played after this contract extension, he blows out the ACL again. I'm telling you, if I was him, I'd be cash and carry and handshakes from here on out. But, uh, you know, that's going to change the outlook. What are you hearing? I heard Dennis Dixon's name out there. What are they talking about in Arizona as they scramble to make sure that this doesn't throw such a great season away? Well, you know, you take a look when he was out earlier in the season, they didn't lose much with Drew Stanton in there. No. Uh, you know, Dennis Dixon, Dennis Dixon is an insurance policy right now. Uh, you know, they need a guy who's got some experience, and he has some experience in the system. Even if he doesn't have a lot of game experience, he understands the system. Stanton, however, has game experience, and that's why, you know, they're not as concerned as they should be. They're sad because... You know, for a change, they had a 34-year-old guy that was playing like a 28-year-old guy. And, uh, you know, I really didn't believe he could do it. And, you know, the couple of games I've been to this year, uh, you know, he really surprised me that, uh, you know, he looked as well as he did. Uh, you know, am I, are we disappointed that he's injured? Yeah. In fact, uh, there was an editorial here, uh, up here in the local paper this week, uh, that, uh, you know, the person all but went and flushed the Cardinals' chances in the playoffs down the toilet because Parson Palm is not there. And, uh, you know, I sent in my usual letter to the editor, uh, which they didn't post because I work for a rival paper, so they're not going to post my letter to the, ed- to the sports editor. But, uh, you know, it said uh, very simply that, uh, you know, your attitude six weeks ago was that, you know, Parson Palmer was a world beater. Now that he's hurt, you're not even giving Drew Stanton a chance when Drew Stanton's been, you know, a quality quarterback every time he's gotten the chance, which is where my uh, Cardinal story went this week, and uh, that's what I uh, put up. You know, I don't think they'll be losing all that much. Yeah, they're losing a little bit of accuracy. Uh, Stanton's got the stronger arm than Palmer right now anyway. So, you know, Fitzgerald shouldn't have any trouble running down under those uh, 50-, 60-yard passes down the sideline. Yeah, absolutely. John Brown, too, by the way, there's another one that uh, uh, has has come up with some big plays from time to time this season. That's an emerging speedster down there for you guys at wide receiver. But we'll see. I mean, I thought Stanton, as we said, I thought he did a good job, like you said, and and we'll see because now it's going to be a, it's going to be his chance to, to guide this here. Eight and one. Great 
great start to the season. I was going to ask you before I let you go, looking around at things, uh, we've talked about the North a lot. Clearly the best division in football. Every team, 600 or higher in the division. South, probably the opposite. The worst is got the the uh, first place team sub 500 there, and it only gets worse from there. But uh, what are your biggest, uh, give me your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment team in the first half of the season? Well, obviously, I'm going to go back to my roots. Uh, you know, I'm pretty disappointed about the Giants. I, yeah. I expected them to do a little better than they're doing. I didn't expect them to set the world on fire. I thought they would win between seven and nine games. Now they'll be lucky to win six games. Uh, so that's a disappointment. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, my biggest surprise right now is how great the Eagles look in that division, in the NFC East. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you brought up the Cardinals again and, and John Brown. Uh, somebody said to me on Sunday, you know, this guy is a sleeper. I said, excuse me, I'm a scout. There's no much more thing. There's no such thing anymore as a sleeper. There's undrafted, and there's guys who are playing over their potential. But there's no such thing as a sleeper anymore because this is a science. And at this point, uh, you know, I've been doing this 30 years. We've got it down to a science about how good these guys are. Yeah, you still make a mistake every so often. Or there's a guy who you think, uh, you know, that for every... For every 99 success stories in the NFL, there's always a Jamarcus Russell somewhere. And, um, you know, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, last Double night's drink. game, Sam Newton is not careful he's going to be another Jamarcus Russell himself the way he's going. Because uh, that was just horrible last night. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And I'll tell you, John McMullen tweeted out after that second, by the way, garbage time Benjamin touchdown there. He goes, if that doesn't prove that stats are completely worthless in football, I don't know what does because you'll sit there and look and go, oh, yeah, man, Kelvin Benjamin did. No, man, you guys were down 45. The other team was practically off the field before you guys were able to do anything. How about that? Yay, we're talking about Eagles defense because everybody talks about what Chip Kelly does with the offense how about that eagles defense i was checking the uh the fantasy football uh our league last was on the other team and uh oh it was my son jerry goes hey go check my team he's like i was leading by five let's see what the eagles defense has done that was the only team left on the other side 38 points later from the eagles defense or whatever it was they had a couple of picks a pick six a couple of fumble recoveries some sacks they had everything a defense could have last night and uh they went to work but yeah man that eagles defense uh that was they were they were pretty uh pretty ruthless last night for sure yeah you know uh, everybody all the cowboy fans are talking how great they are they got to get past Philly first, and uh, those, I don't think that's that going to be a good one. You know, yeah, I just for think sure. Chip Kelly. I just think Chip Kelly is so much better a coach than Jason Garrett that there's no way when they meet in the playoffs that uh, the Eagles are losing that game. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. Doctor Football, Bill Check is in the house. Hey, before we catch up next Tuesday, the Browns and the Texans have a little matter of a game, and you know you got. Of course, we talked offensively about the Texans. Defensively, you've got J.J. Watt. You've got a guy who was oh, you know, taken up in the in the draft. They got some. Well, they got a lot of guys here in the uh, Texans on the defensive side of the ball too. What do you think happens? By the time we're going to preview the game later on this week and get into it in and out, but what do you think by the time we're talking? Uh, do the Browns wrap up their ten games without Josh Gordon at six and four or seven and three? Uh, I, I think it's a good possibility that could have a seventh win in the column. Uh, you know, uh, the Texans 
while they're still a very powerful team, they've been having some difficulty this year. They've had some injuries. Uh, you know, they started, they got started a little late by the time they got some guys back from preseason injuries. You know, they were already into September before these guys started to get geared up. You know, I think it's possible that there's a game plan uh, on, on Petten's clipboard that, uh, you know, keeps the Browns in the game. I, I'm not going to cash it into the Texans so quick. And uh, I don't think uh, Browns fans should either. I think uh, I think everybody should keep their their heads on a swivel and their eyes up. And you know, stats don't always mean everything in football. Obviously, if uh, you know the Panthers can hold on to the ball for 38 minutes and still get blown out, uh, you know. But I do believe that time of possession does matter to a certain degree. And if the Browns can maintain time of possession and no stupid turnovers and no major penalties. I say, I say that when we get into the fourth quarter, they're right up there with the Texans. Because if Arian Foster can get stopped a couple of times in the first half, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't always have the motor once he's been beat up a little bit. And you really need to beat him up right away. Don't give him the easy three or four yards. Meet him at the line of scrimmage. Smack him down, make him make him worn down, get him worn down, and then he won't be the factor in the second half that he is when his legs are fresh. Absolutely, you've got, of course, uh, the tale of two seasons here early on for the Texans in the first half. They won three of their first four to start things off. And uh, the one loss there was to the Giants uh, before their season really fell off. But they've now lost three of their last four and five of their last seven, if you will care to look at it in that framing as well, uh, with their only victories in that stretch being Buffalo and Tennessee while they lost to the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, and Philly. A tough level of competition. Keep that in mind when you talk about losing five of those seven games. That's a tough stretch for them to go through there as well. Uh, offensively, I expect very similar to the Browns. Two teams that are going to try to beat the other team up, running the ball a lot. Uh, Houston is top five in the league in rushing yards as we've mentioned before. Really, to me, their their weakness is on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. Teams are passing for nearly 300 yards a game against them and running for nearly 120. So Defensively, that's been their problem and the Browns are going to have to be on point on offense and uh, the one thing I worry about is J.J. Watt jumping 27 feet in the air and intercepting a couple of Brian Hoyer passes at the line I worry about that but uh, again defensively I think a different question than offensively offensively Houston's going to have the rushing attack to worry about but I agree I think the Browns can and I think they do because I think the crowd is what's going to put this over the top. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a grinded out, run the ball, defensive struggle. But this is the first time for the Cleveland Browns crowd to see the Browns in person since they went to Cincinnati and won that game. And I think that the stadium's already been rocking all season long. It's going to be at a fever pitch this weekend. Loudest it's ever been since 99, I have no doubt. And I think that's enough to take it over the top. And, you know, the last thing I'll, I'll throw in before we get out of here, you know, you saw Miles Austin the other night, uh, flashes of what he used to do with the Cowboys. And he is a great, because of his size, he is a great inside route runner. Not that he can't run the outside routes, but he's so much better, you know, in the slot and over the middle. And that's really where, uh, you know, Houston's weakness is. They have to work those uh, inside, the safety inside, and the, the linebacker that drops deep. The guy to do that is Austin. Let him run down seven, eight, nine yards downfield and make a cut 
and get the ball to him because he's going to open up the game, the deep passing game and the running game by taking care of the short in the middle. Yeah, I'll tell you, Miles Austin is nothing mind-blowing, but he's not only showed that he's still got some gas in the tank, but every single game this season, there's been at least one or two catches from Miles Austin that you go for the game. He, he may have only had one catch, but it, it will be the one key catch that you need, whether it's a third down to run out the clock at the end of the game, whether to, to continue the drive, he's there for it. I'm telling you, that's a... That's an in number of catches and number of yards. Thank you so much, as always, every Tuesday, right here on The Fix, talking Browns, talking NFL, and next week we'll continue what happens with the Browns and the Texans and the slate of the rest of the NFL. Yeah, and uh, really quick, uh, let's remember our veterans today. Um, and I, I got uh, from everybody, uh, me being a veteran as well, but uh, let's remember our veterans today, very important, and uh, that's why we have Salute to service monthly NFL. J Rock, I'm going to get out of here. And uh, you guys in the chat room, you behave yourselves, all right? And, <laughs> My uh, man, we'll Dr. Through. Football. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to you two as well. My man, Dr. Football, Bill Check is here with us every Tuesday on the show. You guys can tweet with him at Ask Dr. Football anytime, day or night. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, final segment of The Fix. Cavs weren't the only ones playing some hoops last night. We will uh, talk about that when we come back. Vikings kick things off. We'll preview tomorrow's show. We've got a big slate coming up tomorrow. Busiest Wednesday we've had in a while. We've got... Uh, Four guests coming up here tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about that. Wrap things up when we come back. Hey, I'll open up the phones if anybody wants to get in. Last segment of the show, 216-539-7535. Otherwise, come right back with us for the fix. Final segment up next. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. Throwing you the best sports commentary in town. The Sports Fix. Guys, want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the Sports Fix, our friends at Signs and Ship. Signs and Ship, I'm telling you, Chris and Pam, they've taken care of me since day one, and they can do the same for you. Whether you're a small business that's already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there signs and ship is the place for you if you need a logo they can create one for you they have a fantastic graphic designer business cards signs banners yard signs mobile advertising anything you can think of that you need to promote your business they've got it at signs and ship the best thing about them too is each of their locations whether it's the home base here in Elyria, Ohio that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices. It's an addiction. The Sports Fix will be right back. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and, and starts, starts getting, getting real. real. Real time spent making real decisions, creating real victory. I'm the greatest man in the world! And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Yeah. 
Nobody does that like Fantasy Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. The trophy's 12 feet high, and it is glorious! Football, baseball, hoops, you name it, they have it. Plus, they have awesome draft kits and party supplies to make all your preseason activities the envy of everyone. If your league needs a ring, belt, or trophy, or you want to upgrade what you already have, there's literally only one place to go. If you're going to be a fantasy jock, do it right. It's mine. The most magnificent belt ever created. And it's mine. With America's fantasy sports superstore, fantasyjocks.com. No football? No problem at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. The excitement never stops. Every day of the week brings a different set of food and amazing drink specials. And now... Fans, Harry Buffalo North Olmsted is the home for every UFC pay-per-view live on the big screens. Let's get it all! And let's not forget their mouth-watering trademark, the Bison Burger. They sure are good. Nobody does bison like Harry Buffalo. The perfect combination of healthy and delicious. Hey there, eat up, y'all. Use this good church-going folk. Y'all deserve a little treat. What are you waiting for? Get to Harry Buffalo, just outside Great Northern Mall today. Harry Buffalo, Harry Buffalo. join the herd. Join the herd. Hey, this is Alonzo G. You're listening to The Sports Fix. I just felt like taking it to another level here, man. Nothing makes you feel good. I don't know. Nothing makes me feel good at the middle of, what is it, almost 2 o'clock here in the afternoon on Tuesday, that a little village people, actually, the whole reason I played this is because when I was putting the, the music beds, to, I was putting the log together for the show, uh, it's a funny little, just like a goofy meme came across me on Facebook, and I got the biggest laugh. I'm telling you, sometimes I'm so so hard to, to please, and sometimes I'm so easily amused. I saw a meme come across, and it was just a... a, a uh, it was a survey from the YMCA, and uh, at the bottom, it was a picture taken of a survey that some guy got from his local YMCA that said, how did you hear about the YMCA? And of course, he put the village people as the answer, and it gave me a chuckle. So I said, I'm going to play some YMCA. Plus, when I'm slugging through the workday and YMCA comes on the speakers, I always feel a little, a little jazzed up, man. But then again, I got that that disco jones in my bones anyway man even though it came before me man i could have been a i could have been a flower child i could say that for sure i don't know i don't know if i could have been a complete dirty hippie but i definitely could have been a flower child for sure anyways guys welcome back to the sports as you can tell i'm feeling good this afternoon hopefully you guys are too a good edition of the show today a little bit different than Wait a minute. Every day is a little bit different than what you hear somewhere else. But we talked Cavs. We talked Indians. We talked Browns. We've been all over the place. And uh, tomorrow, no different. Before we even go anywhere else, tomorrow we have got a loaded slate. I know many of you, by the way, tune in expecting Doug Plagans on Tuesdays. Doug Plagans is on a bus right now heading to Grand Rapids. We made an executive decision this morning that uh, the sound, it's going to be 
very poor quality, driving on a bus with a bunch of rowdy hockey players to try to uh, to get this interview in. So Doug's going to be on location in Grand Rapids. We'll get him on the show with us tomorrow, and we'll preview the Monsters game coming up the roadie in the middle of the week here with uh, with Grand Rapids. But executive decision, he's like, hey, man, I don't know if this is going to work. I said, it's cool. We'll do it on Wednesday. So Doug Plagans, voice of the Lake Erie Monsters, is going to be with us here tomorrow uh, as well. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland Cavaliers beat writer going to join us to talk some Cavs hoops as we uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what we were talking about today as they've reached 500. Now they get to rest and practice a bit together and heal up a little bit. The guys that are banged up this week, then they play three and four days coming up this weekend. You got Friday, uh, Saturday, and Monday. So Eddie Jansen will be here tomorrow talking Cavs. John McMullen usually on Mondays. He had the Monday night game to cover with Philly the other uh, yesterday, so he'll be with us on. On Wednesday, we'll talk some NFL and Browns, look ahead to the Texans. We'll get his thoughts on the latest news going around the world of pro football. John McMullen from the Sports Network here and Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fan, as always as well, going to be here talking some Buckeyes. We'll preview Minnesota. I'm hearing that word trap game again, man. I don't know. That Buckeyes offense is humming right now, man. But uh, we'll talk about all of that and preview and look ahead with Dan Wismar. So a lot coming up tomorrow on a loaded Wednesday edition. Man, we haven't had a, a Wednesday <laughs> that chock full of guest goodness in a while, man. Looking forward to it. Eddie Jansen, John McMullen, Dan Wismar, Doug Plagans. Going to be a fun time tomorrow on the Sports Fix, but it was fun today. Thanks to you guys for being with us and Jeff Gorman while I'm just giving shout-outs. Thanks to Jeff for being with us. Thanks to Dr. Football, Bill Chekis for being in the house as well. I saw a happy Veterans Day again to you guys. Charles over in the chat room asked me to give a shout-out to some relatives as well. Tom Morgan, Patty Morgan in the Navy, in the Army, respectively. All of you guys, thank you so much for your service because without you guys, I can't sit here and do this thing. And none of you sitting out there listening can do Well, maybe you could, but you may be held you know, under a, a lot less free will than you have now. There may be some, I'm just saying, waterboarding may be a part of your daily life. But because of them, we get to enjoy the sports fix instead. Although, listening to Chuck Booms and those idiots on uh, some of the radio dials is almost as bad as getting waterboarded every day either. So uh, they torture you in their own way. However, <laughs> we're talking about the actual definition of torture, not uh, just being forced to listen to Chuck Booms on a loop. It's like a Space Jam, Moron Mountain. And, you know, being chained and Michael Jordan having to lose every game for the rest of his life. That's my version of that would be chained somewhere and have to listen to that idiot on a loop all day long. But uh, anyways, because of them, you have the freedom of choice to turn off idiots like Chuck Booms and turn on the sports fix. So my salute, double salute, just because of that. Happy Veterans Day, you guys. And always keep that in mind. Uh, you don't have to choose to fight. I always say I've never done my service but luckily for me there's a whole lot of people who have and I definitely would if I had to uh, but uh, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of people who choose to do it so that people like me didn't have to and I appreciate that every bit as much as well hey guys uh, you know what we're not done I'm getting ready to get out of here not quite real quick yesterday Cavaliers played they're not the only one I mentioned it you heard us talk to coach waters last week Vikings their season tips off Friday they've got Iona but they had their one one and only exhibition here against Malone. Uh, it was a good workout for the Vikings. Not much of a competition. 
uh, after an early nine nine to four deficit, they went on a fourteen to four run. Did the Vikings and they never looked back. They won that game sixty nine to forty eight. Trey Lewis looked like he picked up right where he left off. Twenty seven points. Anton Grady eighteen points, nine boards, had a couple of block shots as well. I, I believe uh, I believe Anton had a couple of blocks there. In that game, three block shots, absolutely. Marlon Mason had six boards. Andre Yates, nine points. Trey Lewis was nine of 12 from the field, including four three pointers, as we talked about uh, last year a lot. Uh, you're going to hear that coming up here this year. Uh, good victory, expected victory, and uh, we'll see what happens when they start the season at Iona on the road this Friday night, the 2014 15 regular season for the Vikes. Going to tip off. Brian Stone led Malone last night with 14 points. So uh, hats off to the Vikings. They've wrapped up their preseason, and now they go do it for real starting on Friday. We'll start talking uh, all that. College hoops is in the loop here. Monsters back at it tomorrow. Tonight, kind of a... Kind of an easygoing night. There's no Tuesday night football. There's no uh, NCAA games. There's really nothing. There's no Indians. There's no baseball. There's no. You can go through the loop. We talk about what a busy time of year this is, and then you get the occasional night like tonight. Uh, there is a, a slate of NBA games out there. If that's your thing, Lakers and Memphis. You got Orlando and Toronto, San Antonio and the Warriors. That'll be a good one. Late night basketball. If you're into that, absolutely, Charles. I'm getting. I'm going in alphabetical order through the sports man hockey as well uh you get the blue jackets tonight as charles just reminded me in the chat room 7 p.m puck drop taking speaking of veterans day quite fitting washington blue jackets tonight 7 p.m so hockey guys there's a blue jackets game uh, monsters off until tomorrow as we said and uh, that's about it. So other than that, tonight's the night to enjoy this weather. Hopefully it stays up for you guys, even though it'll be nighttime by 3 o'clock, the way the uh, the sun goes down so quick. Enjoy it. Get out there and do something, because pretty soon you're going to be telling me, man, J-Rock, can you believe I woke up to snow and all of that's coming. So enjoy it. Get out there and do something tonight and come back tomorrow and talk about it. Let me, hey, call me. Say, hey, I mowed the lawn. All right. I really don't care if you mowed the lawn, but if you want to call and tell me, tell me, because I open up the phone every day it's your show so be here and do it and talk about it live at noon tomorrow same bat time same bat channel right here on the sports fix and the sports fix radio network we love you cleveland thank you for a fantastic day a fun day i had a ton of fun you guys shut up charles charles in the chat room talking about 70 degrees i'll tell you if I was a mean guy, I'd give out your address, and I'd just send them down there to take care of you myself, man. Anyways, <laughs> Charles, have a good one. You guys have a good one. A great show. Happy Veterans Day once again. Really fun edition of the Sports Fix here today. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Hump Day edition, and do it again. Don't miss it. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland talking Cavs. John McMullen talking NFL. Dan Wismar talking Browns and Buckeyes. Doug Plagans talking Monsters tomorrow, live at noon, here on The Fix. King James, we are not the empire, but this is where the kings play. Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland.